Casino Royale is too much for one James Bond. Join the Casino Royale fun movement. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello, hello, all you gigalos. Welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I'm your host, Kelton. And joining me this week, as always, is my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I, I regret wasting two hours on this thing. My God, like, <laughs> we got, there There could be a four-way tie in the AL wild card. Red Sox just uh-huh. tied it up five to five. I mean, I was I was on my phone watching baseball for most of this. So, uh. <laughs> so you were ignoring all the potential four ways that were happening on screen. I yeah, see. yeah. Okay, that's oh, fine. Yeah. There, there was I a see. lot of un, unrequited uh, four ways in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be, I guess, a, a, a three way unless we had a guest. Uh, that feels weird to say. Uh, <laughs> Joining us this week, it's Kennedy from Bad Practice Podcast. Uh, hey, how'd that segue go? Yeah. Oh, fuck. You get canceled next week. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Griff just being like, and so now we will be moving forward with Giga without Kelton. Yeah, I mean, the I, comments I would, made. I would be like, oh no, not again. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, I never had a co-host. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah co-hosts aren't real. I I only do solo pods <laughs> that I make money from doing. There you go. There you go. It's, it's true egoism at work, I think. Um, yeah, I, I saw Atlas Shrugged. I'm, I'm still that was not a bit. Uh, it's beautiful. So uh, last week, of course, we talked about Atlas Shrugged because that was kind of a dead week. But uh, we are gearing up for the last Daniel Craig James Bond movie. It comes out this Friday. So we're turning the clock back ourselves to the groovy 60s with a film called Casino. Royale. It's uh it, well, I guess it is in fact your grandfather's Casino Royale. I was gonna say, like, this ain't your granddaddy's James Bond, but you know, it came out in 1967, so it quite definitely actually is. Um this this film is a lot different than the 2006 Daniel Craig one that kicked off his era of Bond movies. In fact, to give a brief premise for what happens in this movie. Sir James Bond is called back out of retirement to stop Smirch. In order to trick Smirch, James thinks up of the ultimate plan, that every agent will be named James Bond. One of the Bonds, whose real name is Evelyn Trimble, is sent to Le Sh- uh, take on Le Chiff in a game of Baccarat. Le but Schiff. all the Bonds... <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm sorry, the synopsis just keeps going on and on and on. And this happens, and this happens. Um, yeah, point is, all the Bonds get more than they can handle. Dun, dun, dun. And so... Uh, it's kind of convoluted. It, that's because it's a mess of a movie. Uh, I'm going to open up it, the discussion, though. Kennedy, what did you think about 1967's Casino Royale? I loved it. I had no idea what the fuck was going on ever at any time, <laughs> but I had a I had a fucking ball. 
Interesting. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's definitely, I think, going to be your opinion on it. And so, that, that, <laughs> hot take. I hot take. Yeah. I like the movie. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Honestly, I liked uh, it because of how bad it was. To be fair, it was I so see. bad. Okay. It was good. Okay. Oh no. I, I, like I uh, doing this podcast. Uh, my brain has been broken and poisoned to the point to where I can no longer enjoy bad things. Like. But in a good way, uh, I just can only <laughs> acknowledge the fact that they are bad and the intent uh, that they cause and you know, the repercussions that exist. But I won't dive into that right now. Grift, uh, what about you, buddy? Um, just that you mentioned there that like it's the doing the pod has uh, changed your perception of like uh, how you view bad movies like for uh, the, the one the one like the opposite for me was the man with the iron fist this like that like and just compared on a level of bad movies to this one like oh my like this was over two hours there was they threw just everything fucking at you and the joke after joke just not hitting just it was a poorly reviewed 1967 comedy so the you know (laughs) comedy itself like as time marches forward it becomes quicker and more concise so a good comedy from the 60s would probably be painful now yeah. so a bad comedy from the 60s uh yeah oh boy i i'm glad you were able to focus on baseball instead <laughs> yes yeah, baseball baseball and twitter you know i gotta... was i was playing fortnite in the background so yeah. oh we'll see perfect perfect i'm glad we were giving this film it's full undivided <laughs> attention that it clearly deserved i think the only way that i would probably not be on my phone or playing a game or watching something else uh while this movie movie was on was if instead I uh, was on psychedelics because I, I think like if I was on acid that I, I like when the first peak hit right when he's getting introduced like as James Bond I'd be like all right yeah let's get the weird shit going what the, there's like a weird Indian dance sequence taking place <laughs> I thought it was Sweet. really problematic Perfect. how they fetishized Indian culture in this movie Hey, 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 they didn't fetishize any Indians, though, because those were white people with brown paint. Okay, come on. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No Indians were harmed in the making of this film. Um, I was I was most offended by the Scottish stereotypes myself. Yes, definitely. And it took me so long, longer than I'm willing to probably admit before I realized, like, why are they? doing an extended scottish bit like this is the stupidest (laughs) thing oh it's because it's because sean connery is scottish yeah and they were trying to riff on that (laughs) but i'm oh fuck this movie i hate this so much nothing funnier nothing is funnier than listening to someone in like terrible accent trying to be like i didn't ken this person in in the most British voice you could possibly use, it was it, it's it's the equivalent of like British blackface is what it is. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's like when a white person starts starts using A A V E, you're like, oh, I'm not so sure about this, Iggy Azalea. Uh, I, I don't think about uh, any of that going on. It's uh, uh, cool. Britain's lucky that they get two options for blackface: uh, Irish or Scottish. 
Uh, and Indian, come on! Oh, now. true. Yeah, you, they, you they get, get that. three. Yeah, yeah damn. They're yeah. like whoever, whoever Chinese, if you consider Empire Hong Kong, ended, I yeah. suppose. But you know, uh, that, that's international politics. I'm not gonna uh, uh, dive into that. Uh, weirdly, though, uh, this is something I have found uh, myself through the course of this podcast thinking about: is this is a fundamentally broken movie. But this is a movie that I think could get remade today as a tight 90 minute like MacGruber style comedy mm. and it could work like the, the initial idea of James Bond being a code name instead of a person started with this movie. And I think that it's so interesting that it started in a parody and it's almost become real as now we're on like our eighth or ninth bond at well, this point. Some of some of the set pieces in Austin Powers like riffed on this, I think. Yes. Like the the spinning uh like I don't know what what you call it, like the the circular spinning like duvet thing that was going oh around God, in like yeah. the in like the disco room. So it was like one one interesting aspect because because this also came out before all the other bonds and before all of those tropes were established it was like making fun of tropes that hadn't been embedded into the cultural zeitgeist like from the 20 plus bond fr movie franchise so there yeah it was that weird like playing with like uh historical spoofs talking to stuff that hadn't even like happened yet exactly and this is an awful comparison so forgive me in advance for this but the closest what thing i could make would be the superhero movie uh do you remember that it was from the makers of scary movie but they were doing like a spider-man spoof it had drake bell in it and it was a parody of all these superhero tropes but it came out i think like five to six years too early because we hadn't really settled in or gotten tired of all of these tropes that now we have. Like it was a superhero parody movie that existed before the MCU came out, but became <clears throat> like, but nailed all of the <clears throat> things that the MCU now hits on all the time. And so, so, so uh, this, so using that format, this would have come out uh, like 30 years too early. Cause that's like, cause Austin yeah. Powers came out in like the late nineties. <laughs> It also really hurts to be like, yeah, Austin Powers came out in the, the mid and late 90s um, and it's spoofing stuff that came out in the 60s. That would be like if we made a movie now that was about the 90s. Ah, fuck. I feel so old. Uh, I feel so far removed from all of this. Um, it, it is pretty weird. Uh, now, off mic, Kennedy, I know that you had mentioned a little bit about how you were looking into the background of this film, and I was wondering whether or not uh, you wanted to share any interesting things that you found in that process, or if you wanted me to just start to, to rattle off a few things. Well, so, I mean, the, the thing that my mind immediately goes to is how... You know, knowing going into the movie, I knew that Woody Allen was in the was in the film, and I I kept anticipating seeing him and you know booing at booing at the screen, and and at one point I confused him with uh, Peter Sellers, and I was like, oh wait, okay, I'm allowed to laugh at this guy's jokes because he's not Woody Allen, and then yeah, doing, exactly doing research, I find out that he like. <laughs> he like shot his female co-star in the face with a gun that was loaded with blanks. He unloaded a clip like, of blanks uh, into uh, her face. What? Yeah. 
and and then it, it caused her face to become permanently burned with tiny little pinprick marks all over her face. You know, wasn't that great? Yep. I, you Holy know, shit. just uh, yeah, they don't is... let men be men in movies anymore, and that's, uh, that's yeah, the, the last of the real men, <laughs> Peter Sellers. <laughs> Uh, like uh, an, another victim of the Me Too movement. Like, <laughs> Me Too 007. Uh, <laughs> you could you could stylize the seven and the T into one letter. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, no, no, that that is that would be awful. Yeah, Peter Sellers was a monster on set. Like he he got into fights. Like he punched out one of the directors. Uh, for anyone who uh, doesn't know, apparently this film had five different directors. They used to only film like twenty five minutes each, and then um, yeah, just normal production. Twelve different writers, and then a whole host of other ghost writers that went unaccredited. Uh, Peter Sellers. They filmed his scenes, and the with the way movies work, they're not filmed in sequential order and so they kind of got roughly the middle part of the movie done when then he quit and he just kind of got himself (laughs) purposefully fired due to his behavior on set and so then that's where they then were like hey we have david nivens here uh hey writer guy write a way to make this movie work now (laughs) uh, i cannot imagine the pressure on that person to be like uh he he's actually Sir James Bond. Yeah, that that's what we're gonna be doing. Um, I love and- I love the concept of like purposely getting yourself fired by just continuing to start fights at your workplace until they <laughs> until they get rid of you. My man's well, the like- original Kyle, like the archetypal Kyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, in, in a weird way, though, I, like I do, I do agree, though, with Peter Sellers's interpretation, because he, uh, again, this is all kind of hearsay and based on books, and Peter Sellers has been dead now for what, like forty something years at this point, um, and so. Uh, he wanted to play his character straight in this ridiculous world, and everyone wanted him to play it incredibly broad. And he thought that if he played it straight like he was actually James Bond, that then it would yield a better movie. And as much as people uh, had, had given him shit for it, that style got proven right, though, in Airplane. Like the deadpan delivery and the playing it so incredibly straight that made Leslie Nielsen's career, mm. and so I think that's the vibe that Peter Sellers was trying to go for. Now it doesn't justify blinding and shooting someone in the face and uh, punching another person out or any of the other things that that he was throwing fits about, but I do think that he was going for a cutting edge type of comedy in 1967 that wouldn't have become popular until the mid eighties. And so, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this revisionist take. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely here. me doing yeah. apologia for him, but, uh, uh, it's okay. It is ultimately what it is. Um, yeah, th- this had just an awful production uh, behind it. I mean, Casino Royale was the first book written by Ian Fleming, and then it got passed off to all these different producers. The Broccoli family, which for anyone who's unaware, they own all of James Bond. 
Like it's weird because James Bond isn't owned by a corporation, but rather by a family, and of course the family's name is Broccoli. Like, just... He's owned by the like the broccoli industry. Yeah, big vegetable <laughs> right. owns him. Yeah. Big tree. Uh it, it it just is one of those things about where uh it, originally it was going to be like Shirley MacLaine and Sean Connery uh, as James Bond and Vesper Lind. And then things kind of fell apart when Connery said, I want a million dollars to be James Bond. And then they said, no, that's too high. And then they had, you know, just a ridiculous budget inflation that took place from Peter Sellers quitting halfway <laughs> through. So I'm pretty sure that if they could go back in time, they would just give him the million and then uh, we, we would get, I don't know, some weird played entirely straight james bond but the mm. fact that they couldn't get sean connery meant that then they were like uh, i guess we're gonna make it the spoof instead and so that was the first you know couple versions of rewrites that occurred yeah it and, it, it, it was the original uh, tropic thunder you know you start making one movie and then what you like end <laughs> up with is completely different <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i mean unlike tropic thunder though uh this movie does not stand the test of time it's comedy. <laughs> yeah. does yeah. not seem to be winking at itself because i am hard-pressed to find any comedy to begin with with this film um it was fun though that uh in 1999 sony ended up paying mgm who had the rights to this movie five million dollars to settle a lawsuit that had existed because sony was working on making their uh casino royale that would come out later in 2006 with daniel craig and so uh if you were to take the cumulative earnings of this film uh, it is the 20th highest grossing Bond movie of all time, which is uh, honestly a, a lot higher than I would have thought because people like Kennedy, I guess, just keep watching this movie because it's bad, <laughs> but it's so good, you guys. It's, the thing is, it's it's not one of those movies that's like so bad that it's good. It's one of those movies that's like... <laughs> so insane that you have to watch it five times to understand everything that's happening and that makes it good to to unlock the key to understanding it's either that or the the psychedelic route that kelton suggested which oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna keep chasing the red dragon yeah, yeah. no I'm, eventually i'm gonna like od on opioids and i'm just gonna put this movie on really confuse people be like this this is the movie he chose to go out to really i, uh, I would also uh. want to die if i had to sit and watch this movie so you know yeah imagine showing this movie to someone and just like giddily laughing to yourself like, you like oh i can't like wait to get their, their reactions open, you're dropping yeah. acid in their eyes through like a <laughs> you're like watch the screen uh, I'm cured now. I hate the British. I hate them. <laughs> that was one I'll thing. never go to another Ren Fair. That was um, one thing that I noticed about this movie was that everybody just looked aggressively British. Like nobody needs to look as British as this movie looks. I, I take it. I, I take a, a little bit of pushback on that. I mean, all the women, their teeth look stunning. That's not a British <laughs> yeah. trend. So, um, let, let, let's pump the brakes on that for just a second. But uh, yeah, I guess we might as well dive into the recap itself. Uh, this movie, I, I cannot express to anyone. 
it starts with a long opening credits sequence <laughs> that uh, just carries on and on and on. And for any keen-eyed viewers, does in fact reveal all the deaths of all of the main characters and uh, <laughs> what happens to them in like the weird color filter format that they were giving. I, I did they, not uh, notice that, the name. But, but that kind of rules. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it spoiled everything uh, was what it was. Um, and again, it's something that I do to myself to try and pay attention to a movie I don't enjoy. I try and look and see and notice little things like oh i wonder if that's gonna come back around of course it did uh so we focus on sir james bond 007 he's a legendary british spy who retired from the secret service 20 years ago but he is visited by the heads of various spy agencies from around the world to ask him to come out of retirement to deal with smirsh an evil agency who has been eliminating agents Jesus Christ! Uh, what did we? What did? Uh, what did we think about this interpretation of Bond as being like a, a British gentleman? I I, I uh, like appreciated how um, it basically said that when James Bond retires, he's going to just go practice Orientalism. Like <laughs> I, I was, I was here for the like the interpretation of Bond as like an old retired uh, guy who's just retreated into indian aesthetics yeah yeah that that does seem to be like his whole vibe is uh yearning for the days of the raj it seems like uh, oh boy it, it's not great is what it is um the only regardless- thing sorry no no please go for the it. only thing that my mind could latch onto in this entire scene was uh <laughs> I wrote down specifically setting aside time for Debussy. The you know, it just like oh, I yeah. also yeah. I also you know, when I retire, I will make sure to set aside you know enough time for Debussy. There you go. Yeah, it, it's important. <laughs> that was every that was, day. That was that one of those the moments, focus of his life. That was one of those moments when you're like, damn, my Twitter has broken my brain. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> noticing that little like throwaway line in that way it's like <laughs> god is, bless is, is honestly really set me up to enjoy this film a lot yeah. more than i would have otherwise i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i also I, I i couldn't stop thinking as as these like agents were pleading like like begging him to come back to work i couldn't stop thinking like please mr bond like your truck is so cool your muscles are so big like you have the biggest penis, please come back to work. We need you. Like I just... I'll let you fuck my Scottish <laughs> wife, please. I couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking that and saying out loud, like, please, please come back. You're so cool, and your penis is so big. <laughs> <laughs> it worked just barely to convince him. Um, actually, he rejects their proposal, and then his mansion is destroyed by Smirsh in a mortar attack that also kills him. And only leaves his toupee as an heirloom. They did uh-huh. not take out the lions, though. I mm. like no. Yeah, where those lions where, where are, are roaming now? now? Where are they just, now? Uh, <laughs> There's just yeah, twenty, the, a pack of like twenty lions roaming the British countryside. Uh, it's, it's a pride. Thank you, Griff. Oh, Come on okay. now. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. 
Yeah, uh, listen, he didn't illegally traffic them in just so that way then he could abandon them. Um, they're feeding on the staff because everyone inside that mansion died. Uh, God, it, it, it just it's really stupid um, uh, what occurs because, yeah, uh, M apparently dies. Uh, we're not really shown this, but then James Bond has his, his remains. So he has to go and return them to his grieving widow over in a, a Scottish mansion. But wouldn't you know it, M's wife has been replaced as well as all of the uh, staff and all of the daughters have been replaced uh, by sexy teen ladies um, who are all ages 16 to 19. I emoji. It wasn't that nice. Uh, good to find out, Grift. What what was do you think the age of consent law in Britain in 1967? Because I don't want to uh, know, but the the, the 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 British Empire is the uh, biggest organized uh, human trafficking ring in the world. So uh, <laughs> if if this podcast episode disappears from a streaming service, we now know why. Yes, that that is definitely why. Not because I fucked up on the RSS feed. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I mean, I just found uh, the scene where James Bond is bathing with one of the daughters. Mm. And he's like, how old are you? And she goes, 17. And like, we're supposed to be laughing. It's like, haha, because he doesn't want to have sex with a 17 year old girl. Like that was what we were supposed to be laughing at. Not the fact that it was a 17 year old trying to uh, have sex with James Bond. Yeah, like, and they were doing the whole thing where it's like he's he's celibate, so we have to like tempt him and ruin ruin his image. Now that he's back, (laughs) you know what? Like, honestly, though, that makes James Sir James Bond specifically uh, the ultimate Sigma male, right? You know, he's rejecting women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is exactly just you know like cue that uh, weird outro music that takes place. Oh yeah, put in in all those videos. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelton's definitely gonna put in the Sigma song. Just just splice, just put put that behind the uh, like vocal audio. (laughs) Just on loop over and over and over. Yeah, man, it it is weird because yeah, they want to destroy celibate image by having him fuck kids, which is weird very british though yeah i mean i guess it is par for the course um uh but what what goes on we're gonna we're gonna gonna make james bond lose his ability to sweat (laughs) 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 i mean that almost happens in the the wassel game which i didn't think was a real thing until i saw a bunch of you know buff for 1967 dudes uh, lifting the ball, the heavy ball that definitely wasn't styrofoam. I said they were saying then, wrestle with the speech with the speech impediment. I didn't know. Yeah, didn't you know, know what's um, going on. It, it, I it was like, man, am I going to have to make some ableist jokes on the podcast? Oh boy, <laughs> no, I hope not. I'll do it. I'm your guest. Then people can thank cancel you, me. Thank you. I I appreciate that. There there is um, always a space for ableist jokes on Giggo Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's a handicap space. Yeah, you, know, you get your own little deck. <laughs> you, can, you can just park your ableist joke right there. 
so uh, he he's able to beat these Scottish guys because he can carry a ball that's really heavy and not you know crack his back or whatever, and uh, that makes the female lady spy Mimi slash Lady Fiona so just wanting to suck his dick mm-hmm. the entire time, which is weird because like the whole idea was to break his celibate image, and now she wants to fuck him even more. But then if she does that, she would break his celibate image. So she's like, I, I'm, I'm going to help you escape. And then I'm off to go live in the nunnery. <laughs> I'm going to become a nun because I want to yeah. fuck you so bad because you pick up heavy things. It, it, you know, that, that's, that's, just... that's happened before, right? You know, some guy makes you feel so hot under the collar that you're like, oh, <laughs> only Jesus can cool this up. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the power of the Sigma male. It's a very accurate representation. I'm, I'm constantly uh, watching men pick up heavy things and being unable to control myself. I, I, I'm, I I'm picturing the music is reject her so hard she goes and becomes a nun. <laughs> There's some like unironic like uh, like grindset entrepreneur account who's who's like tweeted that exact thing but actually meant it <laughs> yeah uh god let's let's please not let the sigmas find this movie uh it will only be bad <laughs> uh so james bond he he on his way back to london he survives another attempt on his life via a remote control milk truck that was vaguely prescient because i was like i guess we can't trust these self-driving cars can we uh <laughs> They always end up tending to backfire. Um, uh, it, it's a very pointless scene. It very much felt like they had like an explosion quotient. And they're like, all right, we'll just add one right here. Boom, explosion. Um, don't, don't you just hate when your like remote uh, milk delivery truck just like fucking drives through your like front wall and it just explodes? Yeah, like- and that's what they're using this technology for. That's the other thing. Like abandoned being spies, y'all have invented this remote technology. You can auto automate so many things that weren't automated in 1967. And you choose a milk like- truck. Yeah, uh, just come on now. You guys could just become Amazon instead. Think, and think, of, think of the milkman jobs. Like they, they, they never even had the chance to be like rebranded as milk people. Yeah, getting rid of milkman jobs is population control. No, I will not explain <laughs> what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, but but that kind of that scene with the explosion also is the last of what was uh, a bizarre introduction to the actual plot of the movie because they needed to find a way to explain how he went from sir james bond to m but now he's m so because he's been promoted to the head of mi6 and he now works with money penny who is the original money penny's daughter and that's a running gag because he's been out of the force for so long that everyone is the same it goes by the same name but they're just the next generation so haha isn't that funny yeah. let's all laugh <laughs> but I'm- it's like the uh how like the fucking like watchman movie just throws you into this universe with with like the characters have like parent superheroes but they don't tell you that and anyone who's not familiar with the material will just be completely lost like that yes. that was basically yeah. what this was with the bond universe and then basically and then going like please laugh and they and they were also throughout this movie there's so many in jokes 
on people who had been cast at this point because there were only two Bond movies that had been released. The third one was in production, came out the same year that this film did. But actors who were in the first two Bond movies make appearances in this movie. So it's supposed to be like a whole bunch of like, oh, hey, it's that guy. It's that chick. Oh, well, what are they doing here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like that. That's supposed to be another added layer of like, I can't believe they managed to get whatever the fuck their name is for this movie. <laughs> wow. Fan service for something that people didn't really care about yet. Yeah, no, because like, like if the if the uh, Marvel movies like put out a, like a parody Iron Man with uh, like in like 2008. Like, yes. <laughs> and, and, and weirdly, though, this movie made more than the first two Bond movies did combined. So it, it would be like if uh, there was a Iron Man spoof that came out in 2008 that then also was somehow uh, making like $1.3 billion at the box office. <laughs> the highest so. grossing movie ever <laughs> was, 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 was the Iron Man spoof that did a simultaneous release with the actual one. <laughs> yes, yes. And the, like the whole time he's like called Rust Man instead. Uh, they're like, see? Yeah. Fucking got your asses. Yeah, that that's uh man, it's just it's not great, is what it is. Uh there, there there's a lot of stuff wrong with it. Um it was fun when Sir James is told that the guy who took over his his code name is a sex maniac and he moved to work in television and that uh the reason that they needed his help specifically was that uh all these spies from all around the world are being killed because they can't resist sex. So, you know, Checks uh, out. Li- mm-hmm. yeah, it's Sigma male hours right now for James Bond. <laughs> like, so he, he enacts a, a game plan to train this one male agent named Cooper to reject women. Like, if you can say no to fucking these women, congratulations, you will live. So, you know, <laughs> real, real grind set hours, I guess. Um, I, I went into this part not fully understanding and expecting it to almost be like a like a James Bond school of spycraft and weaponry type of like you learn the trade and then the next scene is just like you like doing like ninja moves and like flipping a bunch of hot bitches onto their backs onto a mat like no I will not have sex with you and I no the, the, the <laughs> whole totally the whole lost. scene <laughs> Because uh, the whole scene's there just to basically be like, here are here's a parade of some of the most famous it girls of the '60s, and he's gonna say no to having sex with all of them. Wow, congratulations! <laughs> like, what what a man, what a man, what a man, what a man! I believe the real is, uh, key to being a good spy is semen retention. <laughs> I say as I post on the no fab <laughs> message board. <laughs> There should there should be like a like a Sigma grindset like side hustle guy who sells like a e girl succubus protection class like uh, video (laughs) (laughs) modeled after Casino Royale. They want your seed. (laughs) Only I can help you. Um, (laughs) Only I can show you the moves (laughs) to protect your seed. (laughs) Well, and and, you know, like it's weird because then Sir James Bond. His plan is, well, we'll just call everyone James Bond, and that will confuse everyone. 
which I'm not sure it actually confuses people in like the day to day. Confuses the audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the people though are not being killed because they're James Bond. They're being killed because they're spies. So they've confirmed that they're a spy. So it doesn't matter whether or not they're they're named James Bond or not. Oh my but, god, you know. are you are you asking for uh, writing consistency? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I suppose in this incredibly broken movie. Yeah, uh, dude, there were there were look, twelve cooks in that in that kitchen. Like, <laughs> at least there, at least the, the the writers' room just looked like the entire Red Sox roster. I suppose is yeah. what it was. That, j- just the accredited writers, even not not any of uh, the other ones. Speaking so, of hell yeah, they just took the lead seven five. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go indeed. Uh, so James Bond, he then turns to uh, recruit this Baccarat expert named Evelyn Trimble, played by Peter Sellers, who he tends to use to beat Smirch and uh, specifically a Smirch agent named Le Chiff, played by none other than Orson fucking Wells King. in this movie, which... My God, I was not anticipating seeing him as being like a kind of major character for at least 40 minutes or so. Yeah, uh, like his fuck like his his fucking uh, card table magic that like the, um, which like- apparently he was just doing on set. Like everyone loved Orson <laughs> Welles and hanging out with Orson Welles. He was doing close up magic and making people laugh. That that was part of what made Peter Sellers hate being on set so much because <laughs> you know Orson Welles was getting all of the attention, and then uh, uh, eventually, like the Queen's sister visited the set, and then Peter Sellers was just uh, really thinking that she would focus on him, but no, instead it was Chad Orson Welles <laughs> doing close up magic. It's like the, <laughs> the everyone laugh. The timeless uh. battle between the alphas and the sigmas playing out right before our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Peter Sellers is the beta. Let, let's be very clear. I mean, he... Sir James Bond is the Sigma. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know that he You know that he fancies himself. Yeah. Fancied himself because that bitch is dead. F. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, he definitely did. He was like, look at me. I'm such a ladies' man. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> right in their face. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's lunch. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> pull the burned gunpowder out of her face, and then uh, we'll resume. So uh, talk about acting, though, for that woman. Yeah. Imagine and and being... the makeup artists, too. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> or maybe he did it on the second take and they're like, ah, well, we can only use the first take. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the damage is done. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 Yo, I, I get in the booth. One take. That's all you need. That's <laughs> uh, me. Good old one take. Peter Sellers. Why? Because I shoot anyone if they make me do another. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like the whole thing just seems so funny to me because it seems like uh, Orson Welles because. Uh, Peter Sellers even recommended Orson Welles for this role because I think like he acknowledged him like as a, a you know a heavyweight actor to heavyweight actor kind of a thing of like oh well you know this will help bring up the credibility of the movie which I guess it did in its own way but I don't think he understood that Orson Welles is just like a good hang and he just couldn't accept that uh, specifically because you know. 
I guess uh, if you're trying to punch directors to get attention, meanwhile, Orson Welles is being like, is this your card? And blowing someone's mind. <laughs> um, it's not going to be the best time. I, I don't know. Um, regardless, though, it's back to the actual plot of the movie. Uh, Le Chef is uh, desperate for money because he's actually been embezzling all the money that Smarch has been giving him. Respect so the yeah, I mean, he he really is, you know, riding the rails on this experiment because he's thinking like, ah, okay, all I got to do now is just win at Baccarat and then it'll all be fine. Um, or actually, I'm sorry, uh, all I got to do is try to blackmail all of these uh, various uh, soldier army agencies from around the world with images and then bribes. And uh, we get a, a fun sequence there, aren't, aren't we? Did y'all like that? Uh, the the auction from all the various military leaders from the U.S., Russia, China, Great Britain, uh, all the stereotypes that existed. It was great. One wagon full of vodka. Wow, I wonder who that is. And then 70 million pounds of rice. Yeah, let, let's just let that sentence in, sit in the air. Wow, they don't do comedy like they used to, you know? You couldn't make that this movie today, I tell you that much. People have taste and a sense of timing. Weird. Every commentary that I could find was just like, and this movie has so many moments that like couldn't be made in a PC world. And it's like, yeah, because they're <laughs> fucking stupid. Because they, they yeah. suck. It's not funny. I, I mean, you know, like the uh I guess James Bond, Sir James Bond, uh, his main love was Matahari who uh, in the film you might think was a woman from India who was you know, uh, really involved in Indian uh, culture and perhaps was a spy. But instead, actually, she was Dutch. So. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, not quite the same uh, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, uh, look up Matahari. It, it's pretty great to find out just exactly what she was. Cause, uh, I believe her name was like Margaret McLeod or something. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his great, his, his like great love was like a, a, a descendant of, um, like owners of the East India Trading Company, and now yeah. and, and, and now is like is is basically the equivalent of like the white girl with dreads, because she's getting yeah, like the, 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 the Indian last Grimes name for actually herself. is yes. what it is. It's, yeah, it's Grimes. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. James Bond apparently he fucked once, but that was Mata Hari, and so uh, he has a daughter named uh, Mata Bond. Who, uh, man, this is <laughs> very problematic. Oh my god! Yeah, she, she, his, his daughter's uh, taken after her mother. In yeah. uh, more oh. ways than one. Yeah, it's the classic humor of the 1960s. Some mild incest jokes, like, "Oh, if you weren't my dad, I think I'd want to fancy you." Like, uh, uh, mm. uh, oh. uh, that's a whole porn sh- subgenre now. Oh no. Step on, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. A thousand times Bear. better. Uh, Bear. Oh, Christ. Thank you. 
Uh, it's it's awful. Uh, so uh, Mata Bon Chi uh, gets recruited to try to like be a double agent for uh, the MI5. So she infiltrates Smurshing and is kind of told what all they do there. She's able to destroy the photos. Uh, the, and so Lashif's only remaining option is to play Baccarat, which um, I honestly planned on doing research ahead of time, but I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> what is Baccarat? <laughs> because I'm not familiar with how the game operates or why there's like a cricket paddle that, that gets used to divide up the cards. Um it, it seems like poker, but not poker. Is, is that uh, what's y'all's familiarity? Um, yeah, I was not like familiar with Baccarat at all before too. But honestly, I kind of appreciated some of the unintentional comedy from that because it it was clearly acting like the audience would know the rules of Baccarat. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So just I, like, <laughs> I, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia, and yeah, that fucking pallet thing, the cricket pallet, yeah. uh, looks like that's part of the game. <laughs> like that's a a piece of equipment. So uh, joy, yeah. Um, I can see uh, why they changed it to Texas Hold'em in the uh, uh, 2000. What was it? 2006 Casino Royale. Six, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, because then we also get Mads Mickelson basically describing a cowboy game which is kind of fun <laughs> yeah. in its own way <laughs> and the, the, uh, the obvious anachronism of playing like a texas hold'em tournament in like where what what european country was that it was in like uh some like monaco? swiss or yeah monaco or some like like swiss town or something like some some neutral location some neutral uh, european a terrible location. place to get your balls thrashed i uh regardless yeah <laughs> My my opinion. So you know, a bad, a uh, James bad place to get, Yelp review. Yeah. A bad place to get put in the chair. <laughs> why? Why does it have a hole at the bottom of it? Don't worry about that, James. Uh, as for me to know and you to find out later. Um, <laughs> That's for the serious swollen balls to go in. <laughs> James Bond, you're getting vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ. Uh, Nicki Minaj as Mata Bond. Oh, Fuck it. Let's God. make it happen. Uh, <laughs> it could work. Um, so, uh, Evelyn Trimble, uh, who's now James Bond for this movie, uh, uh, congrats on him now. Uh, he arrives at Casino Royale, accompanied by his handler, Vesper Lind, who was an original Bond girl. Um, and uh, he is almost seduced by a seductive smirch agent named Miss Good Thighs. Because, haha, isn't that funny? They're being a little bit more overt than James Bond normally is. I wonder where that name comes from. <laughs> uh, it's weird, because uh, that would mean that uh, either her father or her husband is Mr. Goodthighs. <laughs> <Yeah. which> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that name comes from the same place like uh, like uh, Pussy Galore would come from. Or mm. what are what are some of the other just absolutely because there's some that are so ridiculous that it, they're self-parody, but it's yeah, Dr. Yeah. Holly Goodhead. Yeah, I good. Think, <laughs> You're like, yeah, hell yeah, James, you go to space with Holly Goodhead. It's like, there the, you go. These are um, names that are getting like rejected in the um, adult entertainment industry because they're just too ridiculous. Too over. Like, yes. 
<laughs> they're, they're like, ah, oh, come on now. Come on. We have standards here. Yeah. <laughs> you can come up with something more creative than that. <laughs> I think that uh, as you're going forward with trying to find out, like, well, what is parody? in 1967 versus like what did the James Bond franchise actually do uh, as it became Mm self-aware it kind of creates a discussion at least of I think a self-aware franchise makes it almost impossible to satirize because it's like well yeah we know it's ridiculous that's part of what we incorporated into the movie so you doing the exact same thing that we're doing like oh wow a female secret agent with a sexually suggestive name that's never been done before uh yeah it's just uh one of those things that kind of lands flat and the entire time i was distracted because i was looking for where the uh gunpowder burns were (laughs) on her the entire time uh so yeah, we'll see it's what like happens. it's like some like the it's on the level of like in like a political SNL skit where they where they'll basically just like replay whatever the um, video soundbite of the week was and just yeah put up like like dial it up a tiny bit but literally just reference and reenact what actually happened because it's already so ridiculous that it can't I, be satirized. Yeah, yeah. actually, Griff, I, I hate to break it to you, but apparently since like two somewhat niche. Uh, Twitter comedians made it now onto SNL. We're supposed to talk about how it's good now. Mm-hmm. So um, we we stand SNL now in this house. Oh, no, I, the, is what we got to do. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I talk about <laughs> inevitable pipelines. Uh, the <laughs> the left Twitter to standing SNL pipeline. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's what's happening. Not um, good, folks. No, no. That's why we have to return to tradition. Like uh, with James Bond and like weird body hair positivity on Peter Sellers. Because what the fuck was that all over him? I'm sorry, but uh, come on. Some light manscaping, Peter. Come on now. He looked like he like rolled in glue and then like sat on the floor at a barbershop. Yeah, it was it was truly awful. I mean, I have just awful body hair, you know, in general. Um, But it really made me go like, oh, so this is what the future could have in store for me. Like I, I should count my blessings right now because um, it's weird when the body hair forms like a sleeveless dress look almost <laughs> of what happened with Peter Sellers because like it goes from his chest to his bicep but skips his actual shoulder. It's it's quite bizarre. I don't know. Um, I guess that's not the thing to focus on instead. We should focus on the uh, uh, weird hallucination scene that he has with the weird piano casino royale, casino royale. Uh, it it was just awful. I don't know. What do we think I about guess, that? Song? I guess that technically was the Bond song for this movie. Actually, <laughs> you will be surprised. Um, I, I I think it's a song called like "Love the Way You Look Tonight." Or something, um, but it actually won like an Academy Award for best song. That's because Rihanna uh, and Eminem killed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eminem's playing the Super Bowl. Okay, we we got to be cool with him for a little bit because you know he's gonna do some really dope rhyme scheme uh, that that definitely won't be pre written. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an awfully hot coffee pot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's called the look of love, 
and it's uh, sung by Dusty Springfield. So. I, I I just really hope he plays um, my favorite song of his, "Mom's Spaghetti." Uh, <laughs> oh, of course, uh, classic. Man, man, uh, Eminem. He's he. You saw Venom too, right, Grift? Yeah. Uh, okay. Was there an actual Eminem song for Venom too? There was. So that uh, hell yeah, and it wasn't as iconic as the original Venom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it didn't it, it, did, it didn't have that but it did have a line about 9-11 followed by a plane crashing fuck down. yes fuck yes it's got that going for it <laughs> that's that's art <laughs> yeah that is high art uh that by by the 9-11 collection grift shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think uh my favorite moment was uh when a friend of mine was showing me like some one of Eminem's newer songs, I forget what it's called, but it was, I thought about alcoholism and then like in the last lines, it kind of twists the meaning to be about the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, and I was like, oh God. yeah, okay. All right. Well, well all right, Marshall. Congratulations. I think, I think the, yeah. The, the premise of that song is that the lyrics are simultaneously about him, like preparing to go do a show. And and then they flip side. They also work as like describing Stephen Paddock, uh, preparing to to fire out of the fifty seventh floor allegedly of the of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Uh, modern music is so much more cool than fucking sixties Casino Royale. Casino Royale. <laughs> oh God. Oh, and that's you know, so great. it's nice that we you know had this little like Eminem bit because like to really bring back the Kyle energy from before. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like tie it all together. Yeah, we weren't quite mad enough at our moms yet, but now <laughs> we're remembering. I'm some incredibly things. ready to punch a hole in some drywall. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, Peter Sellers Trimble he uh, uh, observes Lashif Orson Welles playing uh, baccarat at the casino, and then he realizes that he's actually using these sunglasses to cheat. So Vesper Lind is able to steal the sunglasses, and uh, Trimble's able to then beat Lashif in a game of Baccarat, which like, congratulations, I guess it doesn't really matter. Cause like Lind takes three steps out of the casino and is immediately stolen like and, and kidnapped. And then, uh, tremble also, it, uh, like hops in a car to try and pursue her. And then we're missing footage because it then cuts to tremble being kidnapped already. Like we we missed something entirely that just didn't get filmed. Uh, I mean, sometimes you got to cut corners. And I'm just saying, in a comedy that's like two hours long, you should not have like twenty percent missing scenes taking place, uh, and then like long, long scenes that don't need to exist at all. So you know, congratulations. I suppose. Like, why? I thought it was an interesting they, artistic choice. Yeah, like why do they feel the need to make it so long too? Like it's it's not like they were trying to. Uh, I, I like think because they were trying to add the intro something. and then add the conclusion in a way that then would make sense because Peter Sellers bailed on them, mm-hmm. and so because like the original script I think was like, hey. Uh, the original James Bond got killed, but James Bond is a code name. So they hire this Baccarat expert to go in and uh, pretend to be James Bond at this Baccarat tournament. And then 
Orson Welles is like the main bad guy, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that that that's the end of the movie. But Peter Sellers stormed out, and so that's why we get then like uh, Le Shift doing this torture sequence, where then he uh, hallucinogenically is torturing Evelyn Trimble, where he's like drugs, and then there's a beauty contest, and then bringing it back, baby, because it was so great the first time. More Scottish shit mm. uh, that takes <laughs> yeah. place all all the time. And then um, Vesper Lynch shows up in the drug sequence, but also in real life and then rescues Trimble, but also shoots him at the same time, I guess, because then uh, we don't hear from Trimble again. So, yay, I guess. R.I.P. Peter Sellers. You (laughs) shitty, shitty little (laughs) man. You old dead bitch. (laughs) (laughs) um so then smirch agents they they bust in and they kill the shift because he doesn't have their money i guess Uh, i mean the whole thing felt like very rushed and for anyone wondering like this feels like they really lost a step the answer is yes yes because the movie lost the step entirely and so like there's not really an explanation, but why we're then thrown back into London and we see a giant fucking flying saucer land <laughs> and then it kidnaps James Bond's daughter all of a sudden. And uh, so then he and Bunny Penny had to go to Casino Royale to try and rescue her because, oh, thank God. I, I'm so glad that James Bond, the Sir James Bond is back in this movie. Because his movie is a remarkably different movie than the one that Peter Sellers is in. Because the second he gets to the casino, there's a secret elevator. And then he is able to to go down to the basement floor, fight more Scottish guys again. Because, you know, comedy goes in threes, you guys. like that. That's the thing to remember about these things. And then, um, yeah, as Grift and, and Kennedy, as y'all were mentioning... It's just a straight up Austin Powers send up with the set design. By this point, I had entirely accepted that I just would not understand what I was watching. <laughs> oh, but come on. This is right where Woody Allen shows up like <laughs> as a main character. Oh, my God. You're saying hey. you've already given up on the movie at that point? Come on now. It's Woody <laughs> Allen. Comedic genius Woody Allen. Yeah, they couldn't get Bill Cosby, so they went for Woody <laughs> Allen. You know, I, I like. I just appreciated that they went with, with with the with one of one of the movies contained within this movie went with the angle. Uh, short men rise up. You 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 have nothing to lose. Um, <laughs> you have. Oh you, my god! Put the heels on your shoes. Yeah, you 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 have nothing to lose but uh, misrepresenting your height on Tinder. Yes. <laughs> That is right. That's right. I I love so much that his entire bit was some like self-aware joke about how all he cares about is like hot bitches and being a short guy. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, his his entire life and everything that people know about him now is that he's a fucking sex creep piece of shit. So I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, mad it, respect across the board. When when you like, heard me, your entire like public facing career persona is like yeah i'm a i'm a short like like awkward guy who likes um barely legal or not legal women like who who could have seen it coming (laughs) (laughs) who who amongst us indeed you know um it's not great is what it is in general but i guess like if uh sir james bond is the sigma uh peter sellers is the beta 
Uh, Orson Welles is the alpha. That would make Woody Allen the incel. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, if we're, yeah. I, I think I think we're covering all quadrants there. Yeah. This because this the plan political is compass, but with shitty men that I don't like. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it, his plan though, Grift. Like the the plan of where everyone's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, what they're injected, but it's pills. So everyone's going to take a pill, but but I don't know why everyone would take a pill. Uh, regardless, though, it's, it's going to make the... all women beautiful uh, and all men over four foot six. They're going to die. So, yeah, that's the that's the um, daily pill that uh, Pfizer is developing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Your booster. You hear that? All right. Well, you know, uh, it's always nice to know because that means that at least Stav and uh, Nick Mullen will be safe. So, <laughs> well, content will continue on the good parts. They least, they so. call it a booster Hi, shot. But they, they, they call it a booster shot because after you get it, you need like a booster seat to sit at the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better joke than existing in this entire movie, Griff. Um <laughs> We make all these movies better. That's that's the point of this show. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. It, it's great. Cause uh then Jimmy Bond, uh he has captured one of the women that we saw before uh uh and he's asking her to be his partner um but then she fakes yes and then is able to poison him so he turns into a walking atomic bomb and it's like oh boy he's doing hiccups but it's a countdown isn't that funny the smoke was so so stupid and so beautiful i i think that might have been my favorite part of the movie was seeing him slowly like explode. was it was it yeah <laughs> like oh oh boy he such a gem such a gem i like i like some of like this the set design too of the lair with that like that like um big chair with like the the two like pointed back sections like yeah. like yeah. there was there was definitely there's they, they they definitely had a good eye for some of those things, so I appreciated that. But not not much else left an impression on me. <laughs> I'm <gonna say. laughs> yeah, I don't think, unfortunately, that uh, too much of this movie will exist outside of the set design. I think it doesn't have a big cultural imprint, so I'm sure the set designer was like, "Listen, I didn't write the thing, I didn't shoot the thing, I didn't act in the thing, but I'm gonna give them the dopest sets alive. That will be my <laughs> legacy." with this and so it works it works out okay because uh as our our lovable band of heroes are able to escape from their cell and get to the top of the casino that's then when just i i mean actual chaos ensues not like oh boy it's a frenetic scene i mean like i had no clue what the fuck was happening because <laughs> it's uh smirch agents versus secret agents versus agency spies from other networks uh american cowboys and native americans show up and start fighting uh it, it's just it's just a wild time uh there's a bubble machine there are seals there's a chimp for no reason chicks painted gold <laughs> Uh, I mean, th there's a cutaway to a silent film gag for no apparent reason whatsoever, like of them all climbing into a car. I, I had like, no clue what was going on. They're just Native throwing Americans, shit at the wall. Yeah, like, like Native Americans jumping out of airplanes. 
Yeah, because like, Geronimo, you get it? Yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> but like, this movie isn't going to make anybody laugh, so what? Racism? Yeah, yeah. It, it really is one of those, like, all right, problematic uncle demographic right here. Congrats. Like, if you're going to be racist, you got to be funny. Come on. <laughs> and and it's okay. It's okay because of how they end things, you know? Like, eventually, uh, Jimmy Bond, he, he counts all the way down. And so then uh, he explodes and that explodes the casino. And so then Sir James Money Penny, uh, uh, Mata Coop, all of all of the agents as well, uh, they all appear in heaven. And then uh, Jimmy Bond is also there. And then he slowly starts descending into hell because he's Jewish. <laughs> well, that, that was my read on the movie. <laughs> was that not y'all's interpretation? I'm sorry. Oh, um, man. I mean, I guess I'm not as uh, Twitter poisoned as I thought because my, my mind was maybe I wasn't focusing on it. But I'm just I'm just imagining like the the Harambe heaven meme like join oh us. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's a collective. We, James Bond, welcome you into heaven. Yeah. Oh, man. What the fuck was this movie? Because then it ends on that fucking Casino Royale piano song, which I do not like one fucking bit. I don't. I hate it I don't so even much. remember it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, that's, that's a, probably that, for the best. That, that <laughs> it has been able to wash over you so completely. Mm. That's a a positive sign that's a that's um, an academy award-winning song show some respect <laughs> <laughs> uh so now we get to the point where we get to offer a verdict up y'all uh we get to figure out is this garbage or not uh as we mentioned last episode with Bo, is this a movie that fucks or a movie that sucks uh kennedy what What's your what's your take on it? Well, if it were a movie that fucked, it would be completely antithetical to the whole the whole <laughs> point. So I will, I will have to say this movie sucks, uh, uh, but in the I most see. wonderful way for me I, uh, at least. Beautiful, Griff. What about you? Oh yeah, this movie definitely sucks. But like as a vehicle to have a fun conversation about, this movie definitely fucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good good deal yeah uh i hate this movie of course it's garbage but uh i feel better for having watching it because uh, i feel like i learned a few things kind of like what to avoid and uh also (laughs) that we have progressed as a society with our sense of humor and so like this is stuff that like even like the most low brow uh you know the starving games direct to red box style comedy movie would be better than and so i feel like uh that's all something that i need to take into account at least with this so uh it, it's a good time um yeah, yeah I, that- I, I i love how we've like progressed from this to a uh, stand-up comedian doing something called like the canceled tour and with, 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 like a, with, with, with like a picture of like red tape across their mouth or something yeah oh boy i shouldn't be saying this i can't <laughs> believe they're gonna let me get away with saying this yeah uh, ironically the only yeah. people who would actually enjoy this movie in earnest so you know it all comes full mm. circle mm, that's that's really just 
awful for me to think about. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Uh, But that, I think, is going to be an episode. Oh, oh, boy. Uh, What a time. What a time to be alive. Uh, Kennedy, what's going on in your world? What have you got to plug? Uh, I am one of the co-hosts on the Bad Praxis podcast and Twitch stream. You can check us out at uh, twitch.tv slash bad praxis. We like to be uh, stupid for socialism. Watch us get normie pilled and and uh, try to not be depressed about the news all the time uh, by making <laughs> dumb jokes with our friends. And uh, that's about all that we're doing right now is Twitch streaming. <laughs> hey, 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 that's not that's not bad. That is uh, that that's what is helping Amazon break in that money. You know, you know? whatever I can it's do. It's nice that you're able to help him out. To help uh, Mr. Bezos out. Come on, just a few boss. more streams, guys, and we can send them to on a rocket that may or may not blow up. Let, let's go. I'm Come doing on. my part. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, normie pill you speak of, like it feels very like spiritually aligned with like white uh being like white pilled and such which mm. is very very much what i'm on right now as oh, far yeah. as as far as uh what it's just because the red sox won it, you know? that's yeah. all that's yeah. all <laughs> red sox came back <laughs> uh not gonna have to do two like a, a wild card playing game we're all gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> uh so grift what about you though but man what uh what, what's happening in the shop uh speaking of um of uncanceled tours um the first ever uh screen printed shirt is available on the shop uh bringing back the censored dorner design uh, we're, we're beautiful respecting troops uh paying homage to you know really just an american folk hero who who followed what he believed in um to to the end in <laughs> fact uh so yeah all 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 the respect there uh yeah but it's uh yeah screen screen printed by uh my friend uh stain haynes at 718 tv uh and yeah it's we're going to be rolling out a lot of a lot lot more stuff this fall so uh big things both happening and coming soon <laughs> hell to the yeah uh, i mean it, it's uh it's stuff to look forward to I'm, I'm pretty excited for all of it uh for the show side of course you can follow us on twitter and letterbox at giggle podcast g-i-g-o podcast and then if you want leave us a five-star review on itunes that's always wonderful but we finally crossed 100 uh, followers on Spotify, so I, I feel very happy about that. That's been a hard-fought battle. Thank you to whoever keeps on just making Spotify accounts and following us. That That's really... Uh, yeah, doing doing the Lord's work, I suppose, to try and get things going there. I look forward to us uh, falling back down to like 98 or something uh, immediately after I publish this episode. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, just but, all, all you people out there paying five dollars a month to a streaming service that we'll never see a dime from. Shout out. You're you're the real heroes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> It's that change that gives me validation, that spare change, you might even say. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I guess as we're wrapping things up, let's just think about that. No matter what happens, uh, at least No Time to Die will not be the worst James Bond movie. I feel pretty (laughs) confident. And saying that, um, honestly, this this kind of made me want to watch some of like the actually good classic Bond movies in in the lead up to uh, No Time to Die. Yeah, you know, uh, Goldfinger, Moonraker, 
Quantum of Solace. Just those three, though. N- none of the other ones. Uh, <laughs> that, that's your Bond uh, trinity? Yes, yes. Just, just that. Uh, uh, only the ones that didn't have any problematic productions whatsoever. Uh, that, that's what I enjoy. I, th- I think I'm going to uh, go straight to uh, From Russia with Love. Mm, uh, mm, that's mm. good. Uh, I've, I guess like if I were to give like a, a serious plug, any of the ones with Timothy Dalton, I think that he got shafted. He was ahead of his time. People weren't ready for a bond that just straight up murked people. And uh, that's all that Timothy Dalton did. And I, I respect that. In the meantime, y'all, let's go ahead and say goodbye. Peace. Hey. Deuces. Seven James Bonds at Casino Royale. They came to save the world and win the gal at Casino Royale. Six of them went to a heavenly spot. The seven fun is going to a place where it's terribly.